Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my lovely wife, Katie, and myself are going to be talking about whether or not we should continue honoring our parents as adults and what that looks like. Because, I mean, obviously, we should honor our parents as adults. But more, more specifically, what does that look like in a practical way? So enjoy today's episode. Actually, no, a couple more things. If you do enjoy today's episode, please take the time. I know it takes a lot of time. And trust me, I understand how much of an ask this is every time I ask it. Because every time I go to leave a rating or a review for somebody's podcast that I enjoy, I see how much time it takes. And sometimes you're not logged in. You have to like log in. Sometimes you have to like create an account depending on which platform you're listening on. But I'm going to ask nonetheless, if you are willing and able please leave a rating or a review on iTunes or any of the platforms that you're listening to our podcast on. If you're watching us on YouTube, maybe you could subscribe to our channel, hit the like button. You could even share our podcast on a social media platform. You could probably do all three of those things by the time Elisha finishes telling you what you could do. All right. Thank you, Katie. So Elisha, what? it's a joke. It was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get this thing rolling. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Well, Katie, it feels good to be back at the Now That We're a Family Global Headquarters here in Coeur d'Alene because it's been a while. It has been a while. We were just saying how nice it is to be able to sit down and know we aren't going to get interrupted um, because, yeah, it's kind of hard to like keep your head straight and then know that like potentially a baby's going to start crying. Yeah, since having the baby, we've yeah. been kind of hit or miss on when we can record and how we can record. So we've been doing quite a few from our house, from our garage studio, which I'm grateful we're able to do. But it does, it is a lot more, like you said, relaxed. There is an element of stress that comes with trying to record at home, yeah. especially the more kids we have, because just the likelihood of one of the kids waking up or coming out into the garage increases. Yeah, well, I think the trick is the four big kids were really on a schedule altogether, and they still are. Lionel's still on his own schedule, mm. and so I think that's what throws things off. It's like, okay, he's fed. Is he going to go to sleep? Is he yes. not yet? Is he going to want to be up for another hour? Um, yeah, I kind of had a little meltdown today. I think that that's not what this whole podcast episode is going to be about. Are you sure? I feel like this this could be good. I need good. to talk to someone, you guys. Yeah, Listen to me. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> oh, but this is the nice thing about having multiple children. It doesn't necessarily get easier, but when you have certain things happen, you know what's going on. Okay, so let me give you an example. Okay. <laughs> so like today... I start being like, we're um, Lionel's eight weeks now. So we're officially in the full swing of everything. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back was trying to, what? This is way more dramatic. I didn't know about all this. I didn't know about the, no, I didn't know about the, your meltdown and the camel's back breaking. Like this is dramatic. The camel's okay. Um, Was trying to add in working out. Oh. every day because that takes a significant portion of time so that's like in the morning or and I can't do it with the children necessarily I don't enjoy doing it with the children I should say it's totally possible um anyways so it just takes a significant portion of time either in the morning or the evening or the afternoon when I have time uh to myself so I just I know that 
I'm things are getting like the water's rising when I start talking to Elisha. I talked to you about getting a tutor the other day. <laughs> you know, when I start looking up like, hmm, we need like a house cleaner. Is there any way someone can come cook some meals? We need a homeschool tutor. Like we need help here. And what's what's comforting to me is today I was laughing at myself after after my meltdown because I was like, this literally happened at eight weeks with Lawrence. Yes. Where I started talking to you about getting a house cleaner and like someone to help cook the food. And so I think what's comforting in that is just knowing like, okay, this is what happens at eight weeks. Everything is going full fledged like normal, but you also have like the uncertainty of a newborn mm. and you have the, um, like nursing still takes a long time. And I don't know. It's still like, you don't have systems for your current stage of life necessarily, but you're trying to do it all. So it's not super graceful right now. It kind of feels like either the house is clean or there's food or, you know, so I'm going all that said, I'm like rewatching the get it all done club videos. <laughs> Cause I need new systems for this current stage of life. I feel this way every time we add a baby and it's like, I know this is possible. I know I can do all this, but we need new systems or we need to adjust ones that we're currently there. And well, you've always risen to the occasion and I've, I've got no doubts that you won't this time as well. Also, in addition to going through the get all done, done club videos, you, apparently you need to reread the book you wrote after the baby, because we talk <laughs> about the danger zone being, I think from like weeks 12, six to 12. Oh, I think I we're think. saying up till six weeks. Oh, up till six weeks. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Cause I, my, for my memory, I'm on the same page as you where it's like that six to 10 weeks maybe we should rewrite the books. I tell you what, I don't want to be given all this. Well, I feel like, yeah, I, I like, you have to get used to the load once it's on you. So like, I think we give time for the load to settle of like real life till six weeks. But then I don't like to really postpone it past that because I feel like I need to carry the weight of it to be able to know, okay, this is how it feels, what needs to shift. How do we make this more efficient? And you can't really make stuff more efficient unless you know what's taken all your time and you know, yeah, where I, are the hangups, where are the, so this is kind of a necessary part of getting, getting sure. back to a good flow. Yeah. It could happen at eight weeks or it could happen at 12 weeks or 14. Yeah, so you're like, exactly. let's just get it out of the way sooner. Yeah. Yeah. No, I respect that. Anyways, all that said, it's going to be great. I love my life. Uh, but there are just, you know, little moments where I was like, wow, this is a lot. I just want the clean house and the good food and the, and I think, I think part of it too is, sorry, I'm totally, totally you derailing. kidding me? This, this is good. I'm podcast. grateful I'm hearing this. Um, like what you, you hear me talk a lot, <laughs> well, not I, specific to this. That's actually been a part of it. We haven't had a lot of time to talk. Yeah. That's All what I mean. Our ages where they talk a lot right now, which is awesome. And then our, our date night babysitter is at college. And so, <laughs> That's also contributing. Yes, I do agree. And yeah, so, so I, that's what I meant. I'm grateful I'm hearing this because we ha it has been a bit of a cattywampus season because I think it was the immediate after the baby season, that like instant, you know, um, whatever, postpartum. And then we traveled a bit. We went and visited my, visited my family to kind of go on like a introduction tour with our with Lionel, baby Lionel. And then we got back straight into having company which is always a bit wonky. And then we're diving back into like, we came out of that season, both craving routine. We're like, man, let's get back to our routine, which we, you know, which means 
whatever, early morning, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, your workouts, wanting to get back into the kids' school routine, mm -hmm. the, the home cooking, the stuff that we really love and value. Uh, and uh, here I am being like, this is great. We're back into our routine, oh, you know, and, and you good. are the one bearing the brunt of it, obviously. Well, I think the blessing this time, this has been the smoothest transition because Lawrence, our fourth born, was the last baby where I worked significant amounts of time. Hmm. So now all I do is record the podcast and YouTube video. And so that's easy. Like my loads like that way where last time that was like really hard for me, but we have a lot of personal projects going on right now that are pretty big projects. And so I'm taking on a lot of those because Elisha's working a lot. And so I think that's like the extra thing this hmm. time where it's like, okay, I feel like I could do some of this home stuff. Okay. But then the extra personal stuff, I'm having a hard time juggling. So yeah, I, Anyways. you shouldn't be bearing that brunt either. I feel bad that you're having to send random emails to whatever contractors or whoever it is you're sending emails to. <laughs> whoever it is you're sending yeah. emails to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I guess I'm just being authentic, you guys. <laughs> and that's the stuff that sells, Katie Babe. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's get into this episode though, because I am excited about this episode. Yeah, me too. I do want to say too, because I mean, here we are talk, you know, small talking, we made the, you made the YouTube video about your filing system as you're meal prepping for oh, after yeah. the baby. Talk about coming in clutch. We have, I mean, I've been eating like a king throughout the last couple of weeks as you've, you know, we've been busting into that stash of pre prepared frozen meals. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? Well, I said pre prepared, but then I was like, is that redundant? Cause pre prepared pre-prepared <laughs> oh, I don't know you know yeah. we really need to work on our Latin that's that's the solution to everything well that was a huge reason why you got overwhelmed is because as your as our kids are learning and they're developing you all of a sudden start feeling the need like you said to learn Latin you want to learn French and Spanish you, totally you were like talking that. yesterday about I'm... going back to school to become an architect and I'm oh. like okay I do think some of these things uh, your your load could be lightened a bit if you took some of these expectations away from I, yourself. <laughs> I said, that sounds fun. It wasn't like I was practically going to do it, but I did tell Elisha right before we got on this podcast, I think something I can drop is I have a Spanish lesson tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning. Yes. Spanish can probably wait until I can function. Yes. Yeah. This is probably always a part of coming out of the postpartum season is you get fired up and you're like, let's get back yeah. to all the things. Let's go. I'm feeling yes. good. Let's be productive. Let's feel productive. Let's do all the things. And you probably, you know, just do a little few too many yeah. things. Okay. So <clears throat> this episode though is about, well, I was going to be talking about what honoring our parents as adults can look like, or maybe should look like. And I've been thinking a lot about this because it is so interesting how it's standing out to me more and more how the Bible speaks so explicitly about fathers, you know, heeding your father, you know, like a son's heeding your father's instructions and how much, how beneficial that is to, it's like, it's not just, just do it. Okay. Like just, oh, just honor your father, obey your father. It's like, no, it goes well with you. Like it'll serve you well if you heed their instruction. And I was thinking about that from the perspective of being, you know, a millennial and how many condescending and kind of maybe pejorative sounding statements there are regarding my father's generation, you know, boom, like all the boomer comments, Oh, baby boomers, this, you know, boomers that, 
And then I thought about how when I take the approach of honoring my father or, or heeding my father's instruction, and, and I consider that in my own life, because it, it is one thing to you know, agree with something in principle. And then Luke and I were talking about this this morning, where it's like, yeah, I agree with that. We should honor our father and mother, mother, <laughs> honor our father and our mother. But then it's like, well, no, but but like, but your, but my father and mother, like not just in principle, you know, just kind of how it's easy to say, yeah, you should love your neighbor, and it's like, no, but like, but your neighbor, like, look outside that one, you know, how how do you love your neighbor in that regard? And and this is actually the same in any area of life, where. It's, I feel like the most blessing and where there's so much growth and benefit, it sometimes is the hardest on the surface to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just whether it's the husband's laying your life down for your wife, you're like, oh, what, like, what a, what a taxing thing, you know, or you can agree with it in principle, but then you go to do it and you're kind of like, well, man, you know what? Like, okay. Elisha's just <laughs> watching me glower at him over here. You hate that here. verse. But, um, <laughs> that, is, that is like the last thing I want my husband to define our marriage as. Laying down his life for me. Like, that's great. It's in the Bible. But, like, I'm going to do everything I can so that it doesn't feel that way. Okay? <laughs> no. Anyways, that's getting what, back. If worse comes to worse verse. Getting, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I've never felt like I needed to do like I, I think that it's it's cool. The one that the person that comes out on the upper hand on that one is the husband because it's like he has this he's presented this, you know, bride of glory. It's like I, it's a it's a treasure and an honor to be able to do that. So I don't think it's something that's it doesn't it doesn't deem this like, oh, woe is me. I've laid my life down, you know, until I've got more rewards in heaven. It's like, no, we're told to do that because it, there's more glory in it. Whatever you have to tell yourself. <laughs> Anyways. No, it's true. I agree with you. But in regards to honoring our parents, I think this is a peculiar thing because honor doesn't necessarily have to imply, well, actually, I don't think it does, you know, when you're an adult, obedience or even agreement um, or like took 100% alignment and belief and conviction. But there is something to be said about honoring the position and how we talk about our parents and then also the wisdom and heeding their instructions and actually listening to it. And the reason this has been standing out to me is because I hope all of our listeners know how much I genuinely love and appreciate my father. It's like, I don't have to just look at the Bible and be like, okay, well the Bible says to do this, so I should probably do it. I, I do. In, I just do anyways. Like I, I really like my dad and I respect him and I, I admire him. And yet it is so easy for me to disregard his counsel, his wisdom, because of well, fill in the blank. Like, oh, well, you know, he's from this generation that always has always said this. Or they were brought up, you know, in a church with this type of theology, and so their worldview was shaped, shaped by that. And I might not say it like that, but I kind of have that in the back of my mind. Of like, yeah, well, I know what he's going to say about that, and... And so I'll kind of avoid talking to him about it. And again, I'm not advocating obeying your dad, you know, as an adult, like we're having to do what he says he thinks is right. But the blessing and heeding his instructions and seeking his counsel, and I contrast that to how easy it is to think about the next generation, like our grandparents or our great grandparents. We're like, oh, those guys are legends. Like, you know, all their photos are black and white and we can't really relate to the world that they grew up in. So it's really easy to paint this picture of them being kind of like these, you know, these legends, you know, there's a little bit of like, they're little, like they're like mythical. 
Men, the Growth Initiative is now open for enrollment. The Growth Initiative is a six-week live coaching program for men that are looking to grow in areas of parenthood, in areas of provision, in areas of health, in areas of financial freedom and well-being, really in areas of life that matter most to you. When I look at my life and I think of my faith, my marriage, my my parenting, my physical health, my financial growth and, and ability to provide for my family, I know that in order to see growth in those areas, I've got to have a systematic approach approach to it. So when I look at my ideals and my dreams, those are only good to me if I'm able to break down an actionable plan that I can then execute. And that's what the growth initiative is all about. Customizing your actionable plan to see growth in the areas of life that matter most to you. So if you're a Christian man and you're a husband and you're a father and you want to grow in those areas of life that I already referred to, hop on over. I'll link it below and you'll be able to find a timeline that works for you. Like I said, this is a live coaching program, six weeks long with live calls each week, along with tools and resources to help you up your game in those areas that matter most to you. And you can enroll in whatever time session, whatever time session, whatever session works for you time-wise. Yeah, yeah, they're like superhuman. I think of... um, like we were talking about country music and in all the country songs, it's like asking the 90 year old guy, like what's the meaning of life or mm. whatever, the hundred year old guy. And he sits you down and tells you to love your wife and you know, all the things. Yes. But like you said, it's not real in the flesh. Like we watched our parents in a sense, grow up. Yes. They were our ages when we were watching them. Yes and watching their mistakes and watching them learn. And so they're very real life. And yeah, they're, well, they aren't as cool as someone that you don't, as you don't know. Yeah. And I also consider, you know, I'm picturing being a, a parent to a young adult and how much potential there is for me to have hurt feelings. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, the kid has, can have hurt feelings and they were there part of the process of their parents, like you said, growing up, becoming parents for the first time, parenting a teenager for the first time. And, and so there's going to be some mistakes in that process. Right. And there's, it's going to be very, it's going to feel very personal to you. And you're like, I, I know my parents, like I know their shortcomings, but with your grandparents or your great grandparents, like you said, you weren't there in the, in the trenches with them. Right. You just kind of see, you just hear the glory about the glory days. Um, and yet most of the admonitions that we have in the Bible are towards our parents, towards the next generation. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm in a very blessed, I think we're both in a very blessed context and situation where our parents are just objectively awesome Mm -hmm. and it's not hard to respect and honor them. And yet the position of the parent is an honorable position, regardless of what that person, how that person has performed their task and has exercised. That's a lot of peas. That was crazy, (laughs) man. (laughs) It's like Peter Piper picked something there. And, but anyways, the parents, the parental role, that, that position is an honorable position. And I think it is right as Christians to speak well of it, to honor it. And when you look at what honor is, you're like, well, how does honor, uh, you know, show itself? What does it, what does it look like when you're honoring something? It, it really comes to fruit, I think, in how you speak about it and, and how you address 
people in that in in those positions and it doesn't mean you're heeding all their instructions and obeying everything they say or aligning with them but you are honoring the position yeah two things come to mind when you're saying this and one is scripture usually points out what is the hard thing to do i mean i think you already kind of touched on this but i was thinking of that you know when he's saying, you know, over and over and over in the Proverbs, it says, my son, my son, mm-hmm. my son, listen to the words of your father, hearken to the words of your mother, over and over and over. And it never says, listen to your grandparents' instruction. You know, because I think naturally, we're more apt to listen to our grandparents. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to put that in there. Like God doesn't have to emphasize that. Yeah. Uh, where he does have to emphasize that with the father or with the mother and i mean he also just speaks mainly to sons so clearly that's the issue <laughs> mankind but you know i just thought i'd make a joke about yeah, it. yeah and, and that's not to say that we shouldn't honor our grand clearly the bible is it speaks well of honoring our forefathers as well, well yeah, you know the I grandparents mean, and it's like with telling wives to do am i like pitting out yeah i am <laughs> you know like just looking at me like you might not want to put your arm up like that it gets so hot in here um but in terms of with um husbands and wives right yes. husbands and wives need to both love and respect each other need to both submit to each other in right. different yes. ways right people love to bring that up but it's like what does scripture say scripture scripture hones in on wives submitting to your husbands and husbands loving your wives and cherishing them because that is most likely what's going to be harder for the wife and harder for the husband. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's just interesting to look at scripture and be like, okay, like fathers provoke not your children to wrath. Well, that's probably more of a natural father instinct Hmm. than mother instinct. Yes. Um, it, it, with that scripture in Proverbs. Okay, that was the first thing. The second thing is this funny comment that we get all the time by people who I don't think know us very well, but wow. but it came to mind because I was thinking when you said you wanted to talk about this, yeah. I was thinking in terms of your father. Yeah. But then when you brought up honoring your parents doesn't necessarily mean obeying your parents. Yeah. I think it's hard for some people to separate the two because one comment that we get a lot is, Katie, do you still have to obey your dad? And I just think that's such a, a funny statement. Mm. But but I don't know if any of you out there are like still feeling like you need to, like honoring your father is obeying him. Uh, one, my dad does not ask me to do that because he knows that's not his uh, position. But clearly when uh, scripture and scriptural headship the daughter is under the father and you know my dad was my protector and my provider for a lot of years when i married elisha that headship transferred and i'm no longer my father's responsibility in that way and i'm no longer responsible to my father in that way and so i i would think that that would be assumed but because it gets asked so much i just want to put you at ease that um, Elisha and I are very much our own household. Yeah, you're my responsibility now. I'm his responsibility. We <laughs> had a joke uh, a year after we got married. I told my dad, I was like, Elisha's getting gray hair. Look at that. My dad's like, he got gray hair really, really young, like in his 20s. And like, meaning solid, like gray hairs. Your dad? Yeah. yeah. Not just like one or two. And he was like, yeah, well, I stopped getting them once you got married. <laughs> So Elisha took over the stress of stress of taking care of me, but um, yeah, that's just 
that's just not the case anymore. And my father does not ask that of any of his married children. He's got plenty to worry about. And <laughs> he's thankful. That's that's the big goal of a father to marry off a daughter to a man that he can just 100% trust and be thankful for, you know, mm. and not have to worry about his daughters anymore. You know, they're taken care of. Yeah. I mean, it's an honorable, but it's, it's a position of honor. It really is. It's a pretty cool position to be in. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm just trying to think through scenarios that we've been in when it comes to our parents, because, and this has come up a lot in our podcast is we've made some decisions for our family and for what we're doing with our home and, and, and how we're raising our kiddos that are, that are different than our upbringings. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. not dramatically, not drastically. It's, you know, we are in the same faith. We, there are so many of the same values and, and principles that we are continuing on because we loved our childhood and our parents are amazing Christian, you know, God fearing people. And we love the fruit from their lives. Like it would, mm-hmm. it would be silly to not look at what they've done and be like, okay, wait a second. They accomplished some things that we would love to accomplish by what means did they do that? Um, and yet we have made decisions that are different from either of our families, you know, where it's like, man, your family would have done it this way or my family would have done it this way, but we're going to do it this way. And I, again, I don't, I can't speak to how my parents received that or how they, how they view that. But I know that both you and I in our hearts have done it with respect and honor towards our parents. Like we've, we've made decisions, not in spite, not in, uh, you know, a visceral reaction to how we are brought up. And, and that is something that, like I said, we are in a very blessed position because we don't have this, this baggage, like this hurt looking back and, you know, to our childhood and be like, I can't believe this happened, or I can't believe they said that, or they brought me up in, in this way. And yet I do think there is always room to you know, look retroactively and look retrospectively and to look at your flaws or to look at some of your shortcomings or some of the challenges in your life and to pin it on, pin it on your parents. Like with as good as our upbringings were, Mm -hmm. when I'm not in a good spot, like when we're struggling in an area of life, my brain naturally and culture like throws me so many opportunities to do this, you know, to like, man, well, my parents always said this. And so it's really making it hard for me to, you know, see it this way. (laughs) And, and, and there I go down like that, you know, what, what all the therapists tell you is wrong, you know, or it's just kind of like, yeah, it's actually not your fault. It's your parents' fault. And, and I think within that there is, there are two things like one, it is it, the truth of the fact that we do as parents shape our children and who we are. Yes. Is largely because of what our parents have done and, and what they've sacrificed and, mm-hmm. and, and, things they've done well and things and mistakes they've made. We are the byproduct of, of our parents, you know, and Mm -hmm. of our grandparents. And so that should be sobering as parents to be like, wait a second, what am I passing on to my children? Like, what are they adopting? What traditions are they adopting? What belief systems and values are they adopting? So yes, there is truth in that. But on the flip side, it's a bizarre thing where it's like, yeah, but this is also my, it's my sin when I'm, struggling with something like I can't pass that off to my parent, you know, like and say, no, this is something that I am guilty of. It's in my heart that has led to this sin in, in my life. Does that make sense? And so I think as an adult and as children of, you know, we are in this position of being children of Christian parents, it's like, man, I want to honor my parents. I want to heed their instruction because I just think it's beneficial. And I think that our whole generation would probably do well to heed more instruction from the next generation, right? It's the, the generation above us. Um, but then even for people that are 
not from Christian homes, that don't have Christian parents to honor the position to say, wow, yeah, I can't, I can't take any of the advice of my parents. You know, like they have horrible advice. Everything they say is it's worldly. It's sinful. It's not according to God's God's word, but I honor the position. And then that in, I think in turn affects how you honor the position that you are in as a parent. And you're thinking, wow, you know what? I want to speak well of my parents. I want to honor them and how I speak to it and how I posture myself towards them. You know, maybe I've got to be extremely wise and discerning in what I hear from them and what, how I talk to them, but I'm going to honor the position of being a mother or a father and, and then take that seriousness into parenting my own kiddos. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes it helps to put myself in my parents' shoes by feeling how I feel as a parent. And it's like, wow, how would I feel if I did, I mean, I'm pouring my heart and soul into my children, Mm. Elisha and I, like we're giving them the very best that we can do. Mm. And we're gonna make mistakes, but we're trying our hardest over here and seeking the Lord. And it's like, how heartbreaking is that to have to live with the reality, I guess, of like our kids are gonna grow up and be like, oh man, this was a bummer. Or like, you mm. said this all the time and that gave me this mindset. Mm. Or, you know, and and those things are going to happen. But if our children can communicate those things in a gracious manner, still knowing that we did the best that we could, like that's going to just, I don't know, like make us feel better than, you know, not than them coming and attacking and being like, you did this and this and this and you messed up my life. Like, how heartbreaking is that? And yeah. any any loving parent, regardless of how well they parented or whether they even knew Christ or not, are going to be in that position. And mm. I think that with our um, with our children, I think it's showing them an example of how we want them to one day treat and honor and respect us despite our flaws and our mistakes. If they see us slandering our parents or talking badly about our parents, that's setting the stage for them to one day do the exact same thing to us. Hmm. And um, yeah, and that's just, it's not an ideal way to live as a child and it's not an ideal way to live as a parent either. And um, also something as you were talking, we don't have this experience, but I have been really encouraged by, as you're talking about this, two different couples who do not have Christian parents and just that are our friends and seeing the way that they honor their parents despite not being able to take advice from their parents Mm. and just choosing to love them, even though it's difficult for their family to accommodate their parents' wishes and still having clear boundaries. You could still have clear boundaries and do it kindly and graciously. Mm. Um, But it's just, it's, it's very encouraging to me to see because, because it's not easy, especially when you have a completely different belief system than your parents or want to just totally run the other way from everything that they taught you. Yeah. I was just reading this morning, a book by Jeremy Pryor, which I think is a great book. I recommend it. It's called, um, family revision. Is that what it's called? Or the fam, the family revision. Oh, Something man. Maybe, like that. maybe I'll link it below. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to find what the, I don't know why I can't think of the title. I think it's family revision. Um, Anyways, but he was talking about, you know, Abraham didn't continue on the traditions of his father. Like his father worshiped and served false gods. You know, he had idols. He had false religion. And Abraham came, that's where he came from. That's where God called him out of. And he what started 
serving the one true God and walking with the one true God. And of course, we look at Abraham as being this patriarch of um, of the faith. You know, we we and he, and he has held in such high esteem. And you're thinking, what? It's because he he was the the father that came from an unbelieving father, from somebody that was not walking with God, and he started a whole new line. And I think about that that position to be in, you know, to be coming from a family that's not faithful. Even this is so easy for me to say, I get it. Cause I, I, I think I have an awesome dad, but I, you know, you're reading a book about how different cultures honor their elders and just honoring the fact that they, 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 they made you like they, they created life, you know? And it's like, even if it was in the most basic coronal matter, it's like, well, then you can thank him that he had like strong enough genes and genetics to get you alive to this point. Does that make sense? You've made it thus far. And now you have this opportunity to live for God, to start a new line. There is something there that, again, you might not want to like thank your parents for, or you might not want to, you know, be like, this is honorable, but it's like, no, God still used them in his divine plan to bring you into existence and, and, and hopefully into fellowship with him. Yeah, I, in reading this book, something that really stuck out to me that was talking about other cultures, which really a lot of cultures respect, just have respect in general more than we have here in the United States. We're just such big fans of individualism and looking inside of ourselves for all the answers. Self-respect. And, yeah, we just like self-respect. Exactly. It starts and ends with us, the self. Um, but just the concept of this book was saying we respect authority because of our elders and just their position as elders because they have literally just lived more life. And by living more life, even if it's not, even if they don't have more wisdom from all the life that right. they've lived, they have gone through more ups and more downs and more trials and more hardships than we ever have. Mm. So who are we to look at them and be like, well, you did it all wrong. You know, yeah. they've endured more than we have. Yeah. And so just, just respecting that. And just being like, wow, I just honor the fact that you've been around for a really long time. You've seen a lot of stuff and you're still here. Hmm. And um, we don't have to take their advice, but we can still honor their years and have respect of their years. Yes. I don't know why that really stuck out to me. But. Yeah. And, and then, whoa, man, that fly. I tell you whoa. what. Oh, it oh, just it went like, my ear. Yeah, oh, it almost my... went in your mouth. Oh, we can only control our hearts towards and like our thinking towards our parents. You might be living so different from how your parents brought you up because of a conviction you've come to according to God's word or, you know, the Holy Spirit really revealing something to you about the way that you were brought up that needs to change. And your parents might not receive it as honoring. You know, they yeah, might, that's true. they might view it as like, what are you doing? You're departing from all these, you know, things that we instilled into you. And that's, that's up to, again, you can't control how they're going to receive it. It's like, we're told to honor our parents. And I do think when you look at the grand plan, the grand scheme of things, it is more honoring to your parents to continue growing in your faith and making decisions accordingly, right? Like not regressing to secular and worldly habits, but if, if you are being more and more formed into the image of Christ, and that brings about changes that are different than what your parents see as being right, I think that is honoring in God's eyes and it should be. And I think if you have on, you know, if, if you're doing it from a place of respecting and honoring your parents, then that is that, but there's this potential that your parents, they see the decisions you're making with your children, you know, or where you're choosing, how you're choosing to do church or, you know, maybe, maybe they poured into and, and sacrificed, 
for their daughter to go to the most prestigious school that they can never go to. And then all of a sudden the, the mother feels compelled to be at home with her children. And they're saying, what are you doing? You can have honor towards your parents in that heart, in your heart towards them. And they might not receive it that way. They'd be like, you're throwing it all away. But when you're confident in what the Lord's spoken to you and, and, and called you to, then I think it can be honoring to your parents. Yeah. When you step back and look at the bigger picture of what we're here for and why are why are our relationships even important here on earth? It's drawing other people towards Christ hmm. ultimately. And if with our hearts, I mean, okay. Lexi well, doesn't like when I make those big blanket well, statements. No, I, was, <laughs> I, see, I was just, I, con- I was I considering like it. I was, <laughs> Well, anytime okay. somebody says ultimately, I'm like, okay, know, here we go. I, I want to. As soon see, as I say that, it's not like that the, I inherently disagree. His I don't, eyebrow just I was like, twitches. wow, is that ultimately like okay. why we're here? I don't. Okay, to honor God and glorify Him, right? That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, isn't there a catechism about that? Uh, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That sounds good too. Yeah. Okay, uh, but I'm thinking of our relationships with our parents. If our parents are unbelievers. Ultimately, I would like to see my parents saved, yeah, right? And, and we want our relationships with them to draw them towards Christ and not have them think like, wow, I'm, that's the last thing I want to do with any, of the, hmm. with any of that. And that doesn't mean, you know, Jesus Christ is a stumbling stone. He's a rock of offense. He came to separate families. And so... You know, where where is that verse? It says, you know, he'll separate yeah, the mother and the father, father yeah. or the father and the son and the mother and the daughter um, because his, you know, the Bible is so radical and Christ's gospel is so radical and it's going to separate people. So it doesn't mean that a parent is going to not have issue with your belief system or have issue with how you're raising your children or any of those things. But I think of Daniel in Babylon, people had issue with his belief system, but they couldn't pin anything on him. Hmm. He was doing everything with the fruits of the spirit. He was doing everything respectfully and honorably, and there was no sin in it, even though he was doing things that were driving people nuts around him. And I think of that when it comes to interacting with an unsafe parent or an unsafe sibling. Um, sometimes we have to hold our ground and be like, you know what, this is what God is calling me to. This is what God is calling my family to. I can't justify what you're doing or the sin that you're living in. I can't condone it. I can't love it. Um, but we can, we can still do that without having sin in our manner or in our attitude or in the way that we are interacting, hmm. you know, and yeah. cause it's easy to get all worked up and feel like this justified anger or this justified, you know, Oh yeah. Especially snarkiness especially or when you're teamed up with your or, spouse. You like, yeah. You're driving home from the in-laws. You're like, Oh, this is And it can feel bonding within yes. a marriage to really bad mouth anyone. Yes. It can feel bonding. I mean, I don't, I'm not speaking from experience. (laughs) No, but we found ourselves doing that and realizing this is not something that we want to bond on is talking negatively about anybody. Yeah. And so you don't want to, you know, that's a, that's an unhealthy form of relationship building. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You said something Katie that I think is helpful is in that is it's, it's kind of goes along with protecting your confidence. I think knowing how to, 
you're, yeah, I think you're referring to our friends. It's like knowing how to have boundaries and knowing how to respectfully say, we're not going to talk about this. This isn't up for discussion. You know, we're not going to, you know, participate in these types of activities, family activities. Um, and knowing what those things are with your spouse being on the same page, I think is, is extremely helpful. And it's, it's crazy because there have been times that even with our ultra supportive families, we've had to been like, okay, like we, at the, for this season, let's not bring this up, you know, mm-hmm. with your parents or let's not bring this up with my parents. Cause it's just not helpful to what we're trying to achieve in our home. It doesn't mean we can never talk about it, but it's like being wise and what we're bringing up and not being like just using discernment, you know, and, and what type of subjects and topics we're bringing up in those, in, in various contexts. Well, yeah. And it can be tricky sometimes when you're first married and you're used to just telling your parents everything, you know, you were a part of this family or, or being able to say anything around your family. And then you have that unit where it's, you know, Elisha and myself now, and we're our own unit. And now, even though we're close with our extended family, still choosing what to communicate outside of our mm. family unit. It yeah. still takes, you know, yes. discretion and wisdom instead of just like, Oh, I'm going to tell my mom everything. Cause I just talked to my mom about everything or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. honoring that privacy. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, you know, I thought of this whole concept because of how interesting I find it that on one hand, it's easier to appreciate my parents as I grow older. Cause you see what goes into, like you said, you're like, wow, my, I'm, I'm a, you're, when your parents are parents, it's like their parents for the first time, you know, like they, they haven't been through those situations yet. Uh, and, and that's just the reality. And now I find myself in that situation of, of parenting children for the first time. Like, wow, this is right where my parents were. But at the same time, there is the reality where it's actually more challenging to honor your parents too. As you grow in wisdom, as you grow in knowledge and you look back retroactively and say, Oh, my parents said this, they did that. And and you see that really happen. I, I can, I can see it. Like I said, uh, come, I can't think of a better upbringing situation. And yet when I'm, when I'm like struggling in any area of life, it's like my parents are the first people that my brain tells me to go blame. Isn't that bizarre? Like, it's just like yeah, we, we go there and we blame them. We make ourselves the victim. I'm like, what is... Well, that's up? just what a victim wants to do. When we have victim mindsets, we want to blame somebody else for what we're going through. Yes. And our parents have been there throughout our entire lives. Yes. Bless their hearts. <laughs> and so yeah. they're always a great option. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I know somebody that was there in that season of life. <laughs> It's them. Uh, and so it is something that I want to continue guarding my heart on. And hopefully as I grow in my faith, that instinct to make myself the victim and to do that psychoanalysis of, well, I think I, re-, you know, I think I responded to you, Katie, in this way, because I always saw it, you know, portrayed like this in my home. And so whatever, like that happens so calm, all that happens like all the time. Right. And I feel like that's, again, I made the joke about you know, therapy, but it's like, that's, I feel like what they always bring up in therapy and it's like, is okay. So your parents, your past and all these, and I'm not saying that there's not help to be seen there, but at some point you're going to be like, wait a second, (laughs) my parents were in perfect people like me. This is me. This is my issues. This is my heart of sin. This is what Christ died for. I can walk free from this and I can, I can look to Christ as the, as the author and the finisher of my faith and, and thank God for him being a perfect father and thank God that man, his perfect is, his, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And I know I'm going to have holes in my parenting and I want to push my kids to the perfect father. Um, anyways, I just said a bunch of things that sounded 
Bible-y. And so, but no, I meant them. And I, and, and I do yeah, think that there, yeah. there is, again, I don't want to, who am I to speak in a derogative manner towards, you know, people seeking help in, in their past experiences because I've had such a good upbringing. But I know even for my good upbringing, I can spend my entire day thinking about how different it could have been had my parents done this, that, or the other, rather than looking at where I'm at, what Christ has done on my behalf and living in that reality. Yeah. It's just, it's just a good warning that like we can all fall into that yes. pitfall yeah. of, of blame. And not that there isn't even, I guess, blame to be had there, but like in some instances, there definitely is. There yeah. were parents that like weren't loving, weren't good protectors. Oh, and they'll have to answer for that. Yeah, but just realizing that God is the one who is going to, um, he's the ultimate judge mm-hmm. and they will face that judgment. And that's not our um, our place, I guess, to be able to let them know what a poor job they did. Sure, and, yeah. I mean, I'm speaking from all this. Like I have... I feel like I'm speaking to this entire concept, not even thinking once about my parents. Cause I was <laughs> just thinking very big picture theoretically. I don't, I mean, I don't really think that I have a lot of big, um, like regrets or things that I really like point back to my parents on, I think, cause I'm just so happy with life right now, mm-hmm. but it is easy to do. I'm sure that there have been times when I have, done that to Elisha and like he knows of times when I'm like oh man if this was different but I think that a lot of our listeners a lot of you guys are first generation Christians and so you're going to be coming from a different background than the background that we're coming from and uh, don't what we aren't saying here is you can't have very clear boundaries with your children um, to protect them because now you're you're the parent and you're in this position of protecting your children and even if that's protecting them from your parents um, that might be something you need to do and so we aren't saying that uh, to just go along with you know whatever your parents say to keep the peace or whatever yeah it's just we can do that while still being loving and honoring I think is the is the goal and the main takeaway yeah I think so ultimately ultimately <laughs> Nice. Well, Katie, any closing thoughts? Not really. No. No. All right. Well, then I guess we can close. Yeah. With that. We will see you guys next week. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.